Hey, it's What the Truck 521.19. Chad Prevost here with my co-host, Timothy Dooner. Great to have you, Dooner. Well, we're training men. Hallelujah. You and I, we just got to have some sonar training. And women, too. We're training men and women in sonar. I don't know. I felt like I was back in college sitting in that... <laughs> sitting in that seminar and learning all about the program. But once I started figuring it out, I was just flying right through it. That is right. We are an equal opportunity offender uh, and educator when it comes to sonar training. It's exciting. But, uh, you know, we've got some killer news and all kinds of headlines coming to you at the top of this week. Dooner, tell us about something. Well, you know, we got a bunch of headlines coming up. We're going to have some breaking news. We actually have a gentleman on the line. We'll get to him in a minute with uh, some big VC news for a freight tech company in this space, which we always get excited about. But Chad, why don't we pay the bills first? Oh, yes. Thank you, NACV. The North American Commercial Vehicle Show, NACV, is a B2B exhibition focused on fleet decision makers and key influencers in the commercial vehicle industry. Leading truck and trailer manufacturers and commercial vehicle parts and component suppliers will demonstrate their latest product offerings during the NACV Show 2019, taking place at the Georgia World Congress Center in Atlanta from October 28th through 31st. What the truck listeners can go to NACV show.com and register with code FW19 for a free expo hall pass. All right, like I mentioned, making news, we've got Jacob Finley. He's the CEO of Full Bay. He's on the line. He reached out to me on LinkedIn. He said he's going to give us an exclusive on this big venture funding round that they received. I don't know. Excited to talk to him, Chad? Very excited. Let's check it out. All right, let's pull him up. Jacob, what is that exciting news? And welcome to What the Truck. Hey, Dooner, thanks a lot. Uh, exciting to be on. I am a listener. Uh, it's an honor to talk to you guys. Oh, sure. The news- yeah, it's great to have you on. <laughs> the news that's coming out today is we, I mean, we are, we're growing like crazy. We're a startup in the truck repair space of transportation logistics and done really well and attracted a lot of attention. And we uh, just closed a deal with a growth equity firm for a $23 million investment. Congratulations. Yeah, sounds I, great. Hey, how about a little cowbell? Yeah, a little cowbell. 20, a cow, that's a $23 million cowbell hitter. Is that a Series B or? Uh, this is the first money we've ever taken. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And this is the third startup I've been involved in. Uh, first okay. one in, yeah, first one in transportation and logistics. But my background is actually in electronic medical records. And before that, I'm an accountant. Yeah, right? wait, hold on. Let, let's not move past that just yet because I was looking at that too. And it said that, yeah, you worked in electronic medical records industry. Then you worked in a yeah. diesel repair shop. When you were in the repair shop, you were like, these people are just doing an awful job with their record keeping. I have my next great <laughs> yeah. idea. It worked a little different than that. So uh, backing up a little bit, I, I, I'm a CPA by trade, right? So I started my career off with Deloitte and Touche as an, uh, as an auditor there and got my degree in accounting and was actually going to be an accountant professor, but uh, bailed for my PhD program about a month before it started and really had the itch to do business rather than, you know, teach it and research it. Yeah, and good so, move. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I just... really appreciate all my friends that are professors, but if you know uh, Chad's so, background, he has uh, taught a little, uh, he's yeah. done a little teaching himself and, and gotten received the paycheck. I'm all about the oh, action. I, I'm all about the doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, theorist versus practitioner, I think you can do both, but um, landed at a software startup in electronic medical records, right? And we, we I was the controller there. We grew it up and uh, sold it to a defense contractor, Harris Corp, back in 2011. And uh, left there after about a year. They they usually lock up the finance guys for for at least a year on those deals. So left uh, once that was up for a company called WebPT, another electronic medical records startup, but in the physical therapy space. And was the number one finance guy there. Ran the ran the finance team and um, and so forth in the CFO role. And we grew that one up uh, also. I think they're getting. I'm still a shareholder. I think they're getting close to forty percent market share in the physical therapy space. So. You know, close to 40% of all physical therapy clinics in the U.S. are running on that platform that we built. And around that time, I, a buddy of mine owned a truck shop and we were, you know, talking one night and he was complaining he couldn't find decent software for a shop and kind of a light bulb went off in my head. So I, I looked into it and eventually what I did was I quit my job there from WebPT and uh, went to work in a truck shop for a year to try to 
kind of feel the pain firsthand of what it was like. And it obviously took a huge pay cut, left a ton of stock options on the table, all that stuff. And wow. uh, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a really good experience. And so what we were doing was um, I was paying a developer all that time. And about 12 months in, we, we had it kind of a minimum viable product ready to launch. So 12 months into working in the truck shop, went full time on uh, full day and it'll be four years in August. You guys are focused on increasing efficiency for repair shops, uptime for fleets and highway right. safety, but you're also a yeah. surfer. So when you were in this diesel uh, shop, did you get plenty of time on the waves? I've seen your LinkedIn profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I live in Arizona, so I surf about as good as you would Ooh, expect. Yeah. Who lives in Arizona to surf, which is... Uh, so not uh, very... Wave pool. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. I mean, you've seen North Shore. A little, a little better. Yes, I have that, seen but... North Shore. It's one of my favorite movies. I have it on yeah, digital. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's like our... It's like the Karate Kid of surfing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Bowie. Uh, actually, yeah. It, it's funny enough. One, you know, it's stressful. It's it's hard building a software company. I won't lie to you. And uh, uh, one of the cool things I was able to do during that time was a buddy of mine is also an Arizona surfer. We try to go about every month. First flight out to San Diego. Last flight back on a day and just rent boards and. Oh, nice. Or if we talk about, you know, our, he has his own business. So we talk about the pains of starting a business, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I've, I've tried to keep that going. It's, it's been harder lately because we've been growing so fast. But yeah, but yeah I, I would think that's I, a tough hobby to maintain. What are you going to do with the money yeah. with the 23 million that you have now? How are you going to grow this business and, and scale it? And uh, you're going to yeah. give a kickback to that buddy of yours who gave you the idea a <laughs> yeah, couple years ago. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's going to help us a lot. I mean, the idea... The idea with taking an investment like this is you want to be able to do in, you know, 18 months, two years, what otherwise would take you five years. And so to do what we were going to do anyway, but accelerate the timeline. So we're investing in product development and uh, sales and marketing, continuing to grow that out. And the biggest thing is on the product side, there, there's so many opportunities, uh, even on our own platform, to make the life easier for these shop owners. I mean, I think we've, we've made a huge difference, but, you know, the more you get into it, the more you realize the problems you can solve. Yeah, well, you've got, Jacob, you've gotten in at a really good time when uh, the time is to scale and get ahead of uh, any of those uh, competitors that are going to be, you know, paying attention to this, uh, these great that ideas. That all market share, right? Using all that sure. data. That's right. Uh, do, can you reveal who your investor is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a firm out of San Francisco, Main Sale Partners. Cool. Uh, growth equity firm. They focus on vertical SaaS companies like ours. It's great seeing these investments come in, though, to sort of change the industry and to not not only accelerate companies like your own, but accelerate this process for you know all of the shippers, carriers, diesel mechanics out there. Yeah, and, and need I agree. Their time. Like yeah. you know, in, in right. terms of all the efficiency we're always talking about, you know, we don't often talk about right here in this niche. So this is really cool to hear. Congratulations to Full Bay. Let's let's uh, you know let's celebrate this. How uh, you know how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, throw your plugs out there. Let them let them yeah, join yeah. in with you and pop the champagne. Thanks a lot. So check us out fullbay.com. F U L L B A Y fullbay right.com. Go there. Request, you know if you're interested, request a demo. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, we're trying to help these shop owners, you know, and the technicians get in, get their work done, and then get the heck out of there and have a life with their family. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah, thanks, Jacob. Thank you for joining us on on the show. We'll have to catch up with you in a longer format at some point down the line. But uh, right here on What the Truck, we got quick hitters. Now we got to get to our headlines. Thanks a lot, guys. So surfing, he mentions Arizona surfing. Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you pull that off? I tell you what, I have I have surfed uh, off the coast of Lisbon, Portugal, Ooh. Duner, and I have surfed uh, Tamarindo, Costa Rica. Well, are you like are you in the X Games? Have you? This sounds like really like well traveled. <laughs> That's the only two times you an I've Instagram ever model. You sound like, like this is like Instagram. Style. That was the only two times I've surfed. Oh. Uh, Tamarindo is a good place for beginners. Those those waves barrel in like uh, well like barrels like one after the other gives you a lot of opportunities. Mm. But man, that coast on Li of Lisbon, man, you got to break way out there to to get over the breakers. That's the whole key. It's mm. not hard to stay. Up once the wave comes, it's catching the wave in the first place. Yeah, 
Well, hey, man, what is on FreightWaves.com, our new and improved website? I know we got some headlines, big news. Let's get right to yeah, it. Yeah, speaking of waves, uh, the Freight Waves train, the Freight train keeps on rolling. You know, of course, we got we, I think we should say there's a tornado outbreak oh. slamming the Great Plains this week. You just mentioned weather. You're, is it good to surf in a tornado or is it too dangerous? Uh, well, if you, if you catch the, uh, the, the you know, vortex? spiral, the, yeah. the vortex. The eye? Um, next is that a hurricane? You could end up in Oz. Big, long tornadoes. You know, Nick Austin was telling us today that they could be those long track, what they call long track tornadoes, where yeah. they land and they touch down and go for many, many, many miles. And they could also be big. And, and it's like, um, it's on like uh, the radar in, o- it's actually happening in Oklahoma, but there's the, the weather service in Oklahoma is saying that these are at like, we, we're like calling like at, at a level five, which means of their likelihood of happening. It's a super crazy critical event. It really is happening. If you can stay out of uh, Oklahoma and uh, upper the northern Texas, uh, you know, right now, I would suggest you do so. Furniture grabs a seat at the e-commerce delivery table. And Chad, I don't know if you knew this or not, but last year, yeah. U.S. e-commerce sales topped $605 billion, growing 15% from the year prior. Furniture and home furnishings are the fastest growing segment of e-commerce. Are you blown away by that? I actually am. Yeah, I didn't know that. Good to know. Uh, You know, um, I mean, I know I've heard, you know, I know Ikea doing a lot. I did not know that that was a bit. Do they? You know, because I was trying to, we don't have an Ikea here, and I then we don't have an Ikea here in Chattanooga. The closest one, I think, is in Atlanta. You have to go at least an hour and a half, two hours out of your way, and I really wanted to get this display case. They'll deliver. I know they will, but the display case is $60, and the <laughs> delivery is $199. Okay. It's not Amazon. So that's yeah. what I'm meaning is that uh, is delivery through – is Ikea really even a player in the home delivery space, or is this more like Hay Needle? I've received stuff from them. Um, oh, Wayfair. Wayfair is a big one. I mean, I've gotten furniture from Amazon. I, I know J.B. Hunt is a, is a big player. Yeah, earlier this year, J.B. Hunt acquired Corey First Choice Home Delivery. They are a New Jersey-based provider specializing Ah. in the delivery of large furniture and bulky items. And as you mentioned, it's there to beef out J.B. Hunt's final mile. But did you also hear that J.B. Hunt, and this isn't a headline, Oh, but not only are they expanding there, but uh, I think they're getting into an NVOCC license, so I think they're starting to look towards the Cs, too. Ooh. Yeah. Well, it's a $13 billion market, so um, I do I do know as that much. It's uh, it's interesting. You know, what is going to happen in that last mile delivery space? We've, we've heard a lot of about, like, crowdsource delivery, but I uh, didn't know what the game was going on here. Interesting, you know, to find out and learn a little bit more about it. Port report, draft restrictions push Panama spread to unseasonal high. You know, I, we've been covering this for a little while, at least on Freight Waves Now, Dooner, is that uh, there is this drought that has been going on for nearly half a year in Panama. Whoa. And that is affecting operations in maritime where, uh, you know, they're trying to get through the Panama Canal. They have a, there's a couple, so there's a couple of these man-made lakes that, and I forget the names of them. You may know them, but they mm. are, they're, they, the locks? they're, no, there's, I mean, the names of the lakes, but there's a oh. couple of man-made lakes there and they, uh, usually, uh, you know, work as reservoirs to keep the levels of the water up, but this is like a historic, mm. uh, drought. They've never had one th- this long since yeah. the creation of the, the canal. Yeah. And, uh, it is like, and they expect it to keep going. So now Maritime vessels are having to, if they're going to go through, they have to be lighter. And yeah. they're sending this, they're messaging this. And because they need, they need like, uh, you know, mm. advance notice. Okay, but they just expanded it for the Supermaxes. So that's pretty interesting. I wasn't fully aware of this drought, but I'll tell you something. Okay. I was just at the Ironman competition here in Chattanooga, right? Oh, yeah. And I went there because I heard a. You could bang the cowbell as, as loud as you want. I was there to support guys like Pickett who do these things. And there you swim the Tennessee River. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but people have swam the Panama Canal before. And you do have to pay I a fee. I didn't know that. You have to pay a fee for doing that. And do you know how much that fee costs? No. $12. That, <laughs> that's, well, 
That seems nominal. <laughs> well, I believe it was like in 19, uh, you know, 61 or something when someone swam it for 12. And with inflation, that could be, I don't know, hundreds. Oh, so they're not doing it regularly. Well, I'm not really sure. They had a big problem with malaria down there when they were building the thing way back in the day. A lot of That's countries way abandoned back in the it. Day. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of countries just abandoned it. They couldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. Pickett got kicked in the face, apparently, but that's to be expected. Swimming the Panama Canal? No, uh, oh. when he swam the uh, Chattanooga... Uh, the Chattanooga Ironman competition? Yes. That would be the Tennessee River that they swim in? Indeed. And nice. he got kicked in the face, but he says that's what you're supposed to expect when you swim with 3,000 other people at the same time. Oh, so it's not like battle swimming. It just so happened that he got into <laughs> someone else's uh, swim path? Yes, and he drank a little of the Tennessee River, you know. I'm, mm. I'm sure his level of carcinogens has not risen, you know, yeah, with much. No, I, you know, I kind of, <laughs> I kind of avoid the like. I don't. I'm a, I'm a water snob. You know this because I drink a lot of water a day. So yeah. since I'm putting so much in me, I'm you know pretty cautious about what I'm drinking. Not a huge fan of the tap water here. I don't know if the like if you poured the Tennessee River through a Brita, you think that. You think it would be okay? Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Do we want to put it to the test? Maybe that's what our filtration filtration systems are doing anyway. I do know that when you go out there and you uh, fish and you catch some of their catfish and stuff, they have like rules. There's like signs by the side of the 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 um, the docks where they say, you know, it's dangerous to eat more than like one of those catfish a week. Oh, because so, like mercury? Yeah, some kind of something that Plutonium? you don't want. Like if there's any sign that says that, yeah. how many do you want to eat at all? And it takes a while it's, for signs like that to go through, and they try to right. fight to not have them go through. Yeah. So when there's a sign, that usually means you it's pretty know. bad. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, should we give a little cowbell for Pickett's kicked face? Oh, yes. Nice. All right. That's Pickett. the least we can do. Hey, that thing is 70.3 miles. I don't know if you know that, but that, it was uh. like, it's like a mile and a half swim. Uh, it's a giant bike ride, and then it's about. It finishes with, I think, like an eighteen-mile run. It was just, it was gnarly. All respect to the people who ran it. It was a great. It was a great day out yeah. there. I went and I Kudos. brought the cowbell. I also ran a marathon once. That was all I needed to do. Okay. Like that was enough punishment. Yeah. Um, by the way, the names of the lakes are the Gatun and mm. Madden lakes. Yeah. Uh, on either side of the canal. I should know that. I did about th a three-hour podcast on the Panama Canal once, but I completely forgot. That's all right. We're yeah. here with our articles, you know, and producers speaking in our ears. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And our own consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, what, what, so, was, what else is there? Oh, I think that's kind of it for the headlines because we're going to cover some other ones. You know, we're going to have a focus with Linda Baker in just a minute here. She's going to talk to us about these Idaho hemp truckers the charges have been called horrific. They were just transporting, you know, federally legal hemp, not THC, not the marijuana that you would smoke or maybe find, you know, in your kid's sock drawer or in a <laughs> garden, in a Minute Maid <laughs> container or anything like that. Nothing, no. We have Linda Baker. We were going to do the market bingo. Let's move that. Let's bring Linda right on. Well, you've got the fire in your belly. <laughs> we're going to bring her on the air right now to conclude our headlines. Linda Baker. Let's do this. So Linda Baker is on the line. She put this story out about four or five days ago. The headline was charges against truckers hauling hemp. Absolutely horrific. One of the biggest stories on the site, if not the biggest since we had the Falcon coverage, really. It, it really ignited the uh, spirits, especially of the Freight Waves reader community. Linda, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on, Linda. Yeah, we actually talked about it, too, um, on Saturday on SiriusXM. And, you know, it's just one of those stories that fires people up. You want to give us an overview of uh, just the talking points of the story? Yeah, what happened? So the basic storyline is that three drivers have been charged with illegally hauling hemp into Idaho. And there are three drivers, but actually there are two separate cases. In one case, a driver was bringing hemp plants from uh, Oregon into Colorado. And in another case, uh, two drivers were actually bringing hemp from Colorado into Oregon. But in any case, I think uh, in order to understand why this story has ignited so much outrage, you actually have to step back for a minute and look at the context, uh, in particular, the, uh, the political context and actually even the botanical context, because 
you know, I think we're all aware of the national debate taking place around marijuana legalization. But, you know, this story isn't even really about marijuana. It's about hemp. And people are like, wait, you can get arrested for driving hemp into the state of Idaho? What, you know, what's up with that? So I think you first have to talk about, well, what is hemp and why is Idaho in such a uh, a dither about it? Hemp and marijuana are uh, both, both belong to the cannabis genus, but there's a big difference between the two. Um, Basically, the difference is that marijuana gets you high and hemp Mm. doesn't. And um, so, you know, it gets a little bit more complicated. Than yeah. That, but well, I was going to say, okay. Linda, people, I think that we're really seeing it because, you, you know, you covered the story in February. But since then, we're starting to see things like CBD products in Walgreens and CVS. People like my parents, you know, who are nearly yeah. 70 years old have become really receptive to this product, especially the non THC variant being around them. And I and, and maybe that's part of this, too. Right. Just culturally. We're we're ready for it. We're ready for the hemp and at least non-THC marijuana to, to, to go across state lines. Oh, absolutely. I mean, CBD is, as you say, it's, you know, sort of penetrated the, the mainstream now. And uh, you can get CBD products, not everywhere, but almost everywhere. So and the thing is, is that hemp is actually legal at the federal level. And that's another reason why this story is, again, igniting so much outrage, because yeah. uh, in December 2018, so what, six months ago, uh, the federal government legalized hemp. And uh, so everybody's saying, wait, it's legal at the federal level. My mom and dad are using CBD. Again, what's what's the big deal? And the big deal is that um, even though the federal government legalized hemp, Idaho is saying that, no, hemp is still illegal in the state. And they're basically saying that because of a technicality. And I can get into that technicality, uh, but um, maybe we just want to move on and talk about sort of what's happening with the truckers. Well, well, Linda, actually, um, um, well, let's let a couple of things. First, um, isn't it true that retroactively, since, since the incident happened, uh, it is just legal to transport hemp across state lines. So that was a, that's a federal law, right? Part of the, you're, you're right. As part of the farm bill uh, that was passed in December 2018, the federal government said it is legal to transport hemp across state lines, which is exactly what these truckers did. And in fact, um, the case that I'm most familiar with, which is the, uh, the uh, case involving Dennis Palomarchuk, who was stopped by um, Idaho police after the farm bill was after the passage of the farm bill. So after hemp was legalized at the, at the federal level. Again, I think one of the reasons why people are so outraged is because he did everything by the book and his employer, an Oregon trucking company, a Portland based trucking company called VIP Transport, they did everything by the book too. They had a lawyer look into this. They had the hemp tested to make sure it was hemp. Right. Uh, and they said, okay, we're good to go. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, what is the Linda? Tell it. Well, go ahead and tell us what is that technicality that you were referring to? Yeah, are other truckers at risk going into Idaho? Yeah, so I mean, certainly. Well, uh, I'll answer that question first, and then go back to the technicality. So, yeah, I think one of the takeaways from this case is that truckers, truck drivers, you might want to stay away from Idaho for the time being. Yeah, what was that technicality? Um, so that when uh, the feds passed the farm bill legalizing hemp. The, the legalization basically came with a with an exemption pre- provision attached, and it basically said that yes, hemp is legal, but states need to set up a regulatory program overseeing this new industry, and legalization is contingent on the creation of this regulatory program. But it's kind of a catch twenty two um, because. Of course, no state had set up a regulatory program before because it hadn't been legal. <laughs> so now that it was legal, states were going to set up a regulatory program. So this guy, Dennis Palomarchuk, was kind of caught. It was kind of bad timing. So he drove into Idaho with his 6,700 pounds of hemp after hemp was legalized, but before Idaho had actually created this regulatory program. To put that charge on someone, that's a hell of a lot to distribute. I mean, if you were driving that in a van or something as a, you know, a run-of-the-mill street drug dealer, that would be a serious offense, right? I mean, they're treating this guy like he was doing that same 
form of smuggling here. Yeah, they don't differentiate between marijuana and hemp. It wow. just seems uh, kind it's of weird, though, you know, because the guy just has as a load in his truck. Is there any back end to this? Is there any more to the story that maybe we don't know? Were these guys more informed? Were they, yeah, they ha- willfully like waving, you know, or spitting into the wind here? Or was it really this sort of innocent mistake? The other element here is mandatory minimum sentencing law in Idaho. And that's another issue. So Idaho uh, has uh, a pretty tough mandatory minimum. Ah, it's a tongue twister there. Mandatory minimum sentencing laws. And in the case of uh, marijuana possession, the uh, minimum sentence for possession of a certain amount of marijuana. And again, this was a lot of hemp. And again, Idaho classifies hemp as marijuana automatically triggers uh, a five year sentence. They are facing such a severe penalty for something that, you know, seems pretty innocuous to almost everybody else. You know, the drivers of a couple, of, at least of the drivers, uh, pled guilty. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, yeah. they're probably working on a plea deal of something. I've heard that just even even if nothing else happens to them, they're still going to have a felony uh, on their on their record. Well, why do they plead guilty, though? Why? why I think do, is, was I, that in the story? I didn't I, see it. I, I mean, I saw that they pled guilty, but why? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so actually this gets back. So remember that there are two separate cases here. One is this guy, Dennis Palomarchuk, and the other case involves these two other drivers and, uh, 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 let's see, Eric Eisenhart and Andrew Dario. That case actually dates back about a year ago. So they drove the hemp into Idaho before the farm bill passed. So before hemp had been legalized at the federal level. Well, they pled guilty, but they pled guilty to a uh, reduced charge. Um, So they were initially charged with drug trafficking. I mean, that's the charge here, drug trafficking. Ridiculous. (laughs) Um, But but, uh, for various reasons, they were able to get their charge reduced to something like possession with intent to deliver. So they pled guilty to that reduced charge. And they are slated to, they're scheduled to be sentenced mid-June, June 25th. And I believe that the mandatory minimum sentence for possession with intent to deliver is a year. I, I need to wow. quote me on that. Uh, but th- there is a mandatory minimum sentence even for that. So. Well, uh, th- this has been some fantastic reporting that you have done for FreightWaves.com. We encourage our readers to continue to go and flock to the story that so many already have. Uh, what Overall, Linda, like, what has the community response been to, to this story? Yeah, the truckers and people in Idaho. Well, you know, it's interesting because I think, as you pointed out, I, uh, so I've written two stories on uh, these drivers. And uh, the first story I wrote uh, came out in February, about a month after this guy had been arrested, Dennis Palomarchuk. And although the story attracted some attention, and you know, other media had reported on this as well, it didn't seem to ignite the outrage, as uh, you put it, that that we're seeing uh, today. Um, And I think maybe there are a number of, of reasons for that. First of all, you know, these guys are the, the sentencing. It's here and now. Right. I think a lot of people thought, mm. oh, these guys are judgment day. And camp. It was kind of a joke. Right. But no, actually, it's not a joke. These guys pled, had to plead, plead guilty and they're going to be sentenced and they're facing jail time. Yeah. Um, I think you can also credit an online petition that was launched a couple of weeks ago by just a concerned citizen in Idaho who was kind of outraged that her tax dollars were going to go to, uh, you know, to putting this guy in jail um, or putting these, these guys plural in jail. And so that that aroused a lot of interest. Mm. And then I think the third thing is just that, well, I guess what I would say is just kind of word of mouth and uh, driver's, Uh, Truck drivers and trucking companies understand now what kind of risky environment they face as we kind of move through this legalization experiment. You know, legalization is not a done deal, whether you're talking about marijuana or, as it turns out, hemp. And so I think people are, are nervous and they're worried 
and they're outraged. And it just took uh, some time, I think, for people to see that getting arrested for hemp is, in fact, no joke. (laughs) Well, Linda, thank you so much for sort of walking us through the story and how you came about it. Like I said, it's gotten all this traction on the new and improved FreightWaves.com. We've seen a ton of comments. We're going to get to that comment section in our comment section rodeo at the end of the show. But Linda, thank you so much for joining us. We know you're out in Portland right now, aren't you? Thanks, Linda. Yeah. Yeah. This has been great. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on the show. And uh, yes, I'll keep you posted because I will continue reporting on this story. Please do. All right. We want to keep this is a developing situation and we want to continue to track it. Thank you for your awesome reporting. Big deal. Little deal. Big deal. Little deal. Are you ready to play Big Deal or Little Deal? Yes, just explain the rules to our new listeners. Well, we have to cover eight different headlines, Dooner, all all in two minutes or less. Oh, okay. And if we don't make it, then we don't win. And if we do, we win the big prize. Uh, Are you ready? Okay, so I have what? I have one minute or two minutes to do these four headlines you're going to ask me. You have one minute. One minute. Okay. All right. Okay. First time Dooner's ever played. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. So ready or not, here we go. Is new shipping finance model a game changer or one-off? You know, it's not a big deal. Next question. Maple Leaf Motoring could CBP redeployments cause delays at Canadian border. Big deal or little deal? No, this is a big deal because now that all the agents are going to be down by Mexico, all the Canadians are just going to start falling. You know, it's going to be a cascade of Canadians coming through the border, <laughs> unferreted with nobody there to stop them. Schultz Group launches VC unit for maritime startups. Big deal or little deal? I like it. I like that VC is being, I like that there's accelerators and VC going into the maritime space. You know me, I love freight tech and anything. Thing that is being poured towards there. Big fan. Little litter, litter bug tr- uh, truckers leaving the lots a mess. Big deal or little deal? Well, you know, I, this is kind of a big deal because it gives a bad, you know, the, a couple bad apples or a couple bad pee bottles spoil the whole damn lot. <laughs> you know, it, you get less attractive people coming by. You have people who, it's just, you, know, you got to take care of the places you're in or else, or else truckers, they continue getting this reputation that people want to kick them out. A couple of bad guys hurt everybody else, and they make the industry harder for everybody. So, you know, lend a helping hand. Don't be a litter bug. You're, you're making big deal or little deal a lot harder for me. I have about 30 seconds. Oh, well, you know, I mean, you get a full minute. I, d- don't you? <laughs> you're very beholden. You're We're very together. Beholden. We're on the same you're, team. Oh, we are? All yeah. right. You're very beholden to your rules. Okay. Starsky Robotics. Test self-driving truck on Florida's highways. Well, it's a little deal because... They've done this before, and they're doing it on a lonely, abandoned highway for a few miles in Florida. And other, you know, developers of this software are in this application are doing it elsewhere. Uh, little deal. Glad to see progress there, though. Tariffs are forcing shippers to take a pause, even if temporarily. Well, it's a big deal, uh, but it's uh, it is it's like it's a big deal because our volumes have fallen off. But it is temporarily probably. I think that our volumes are going to pick back up. Amazon leads five hundred and seventy five million funding round for UK food delivery company Deliveroo. Love the name L- little deal. Because, but it, it's a it's a part of like a much bigger plan of world domination for Amazon. They are you know just like gonna just crush it, try, trying to be the last mile delivery logistics business everywhere uh, across the world. Game of Thrones finale, and this isn't just a season. I guess this is the entire series is done now. Is that a big deal or a little deal? I've I've only seen half of one episode. It's a huge deal, but oh. apparently it sucked. And oh. spoiler alert: Whoa. I just started this. Wait, I'm hold three, on a second. I'm three episodes in, but uh, unfortunately, I was watching Entertainment Tonight. No, hold on. Let's not they, spoil it for the audience. No, 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 no. no and there was no, a, no, no, no. Well, it spoiled it for me. Our show, they'll hate our show forever. Do you understand what All happened right. when people yelled "Snape killed Dumbledore"? It ruined Wait, lives right. and it ruined careers. You know what? Thanks for <laughs> thanks for talking me off the yeah. cliff. Yeah, you almost went nuts there, man. We we failed that big deal, little deal in a huge way. We'll do better. It was your first time to play. No, I've played You're before. We usually d- have a moderator. We have so we have like a foil, like Ellis Smith. So you and I just had to kind of go off each other here. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> hey, we informed the world what we we needed to say. Did you well, hear the news over the weekend about Hawaii? 
they got kicked out of the U.S. for, uh, you know, putting spyware or whatnot on things, or at least that's the accusation. So Hawaii Who, says what? Hawaii says that's not cell phone manufacturer. Hawaii, they're electronics manufacturer. Oh. They they got kicked out of the U.S. market for putting oh, uh, yes, spyware. Yeah. I thought you said Hawaii was kicked out of the U.S. I well, was... yeah, I mean that would be okay. <laughs> I mean, no, it wouldn't. What are you talking about? Why are you making I, me say these things about Hawaii? I don't. Know. I'm trying to talk about Hawaii. The, I'm not making you well, do anything. So they're a Chinese company, but so they said this is not a big deal to be kicked out of the U.S. because they were already failing in the market anyway. So Google was like, well, guess what? We're pulling your Android certificate, which they have to anyway because they're a U.S. company. So it's not like Google was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. You're going down to why? You don't think you're going to act all arrogant about getting kicked out of the U.S.? We're pulling your ticket. Now, no. I mean, they kind of had to do they it anyway. They had to do it, yeah. But Hawaii, I guess they're, I mean, what, is, does China have to come up with their own operating systems now? Well, not anymore. They've already stolen all the, uh, the yeah, intellectual property. I guess so, yeah. They can they just call it robot. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's They'll all like, good now. It's for okay. Them. It's robot yeah. now, anyway. I mean, they just got to keep up with uh, all the R&D going on. Well, they here. said they can't go to the Google Play Store, but it's like, couldn't they just sell unlocked phones, <laughs> right? Like jailbroken Android software? Then you don't need the Google Play Store. We were at McLeod last week. They gave us That's an right. exclusive interview. Two new products that they're putting out. Chad, hit the music. Bump, bump. <laughs> We're here with Mark Cubine at the McLeod Conference. He's here to tell us about two really exciting products that just came out on Monday, right? May 20th. It is driver choice and trip management. This is so new to us. We haven't even seen the pamphlet on it yet. So tell us all about that, Mark. Okay. Well, thanks, Tim. The the two new products that are part of our larger 19.1 release of our flagship products are called driver choice and trip management. And it's a big step on our part, some, some work that we've had underway for several years focused on improving the driver's experience and two big things that are, that are part of how we're trying to do that. First of all, driver choice is a facility within the product that allows a carrier to give their drivers automatically a set of choices about their next load that fits that driver's preferences, okay? And while some carriers do this now, and certainly with some of the, the owner-operator type fleets, that's, that's a routine part of what they do. This can work for owner-operators or company drivers, but it also ensures that the, the loads that are offered to that driver are loads that they can succeed with. We check their physical ability to do it. We check do they have the hours of service do they do it. How does it comply to the preferences they've communicated to us? Hey, I don't want to go into the northeast north of Pennsylvania or, or whatever the case may be. Or I only want to see loads that pay $1,500 or more. So those sorts of things. And then the driver can make that choice and the customer's option, they can, the driver can automatically be dispatched on that load that they chose, or it can go into, hey, I've requested this load. And that's really, that interactive nature is going to change the experience for a lot of drivers once well, companies adopt this. Well, Mark, what I was going to say is I've been reading a lot of feedback on Facebook boards like Rate Per Mile Masters, and a lot of them are really, really embracing the sort of gig economy that Uber Freight affords them things like that because it gives them this sort of on-demand uh on-demand cycle it allows them to fit into their own optimization cycle it lets the driver to understand their routes instead of being dictated to and it uh it, it seems that they love the payment cycle too does this does this help accelerate payments as well this program um it doesn't really help accelerate the payments so much as if you think about the dynamic of of a driver who's an owner-operator working under my authority or a company driver who's on my payroll, uh, it's giving them a voice kind of in the same way that that independent owner-operator may get from, from Uber or Convoy, but bringing that dynamic into the carrier's environment, okay? So I'm creating more loyalty. I'm, I'm trying to be interactive and give you choices and give you a voice into your assignments so that's, that's a big part of it. Now, the second part of it, trip management, again, something we've been working on for quite some time, says that, okay, you know, once we have decided and, and made this assignment or made this dispatch assignment, let's do some planning based on real-world conditions, traffic, time of day, 
you guys know, what's the difference between going through Atlanta at 1030 this morning and going through Atlanta at 6 tonight? It's probably an hour difference, okay? So my estimated time of arrival for my destination is going to change. Uh, we can look at weather. We can look at traditional historic traffic patterns, real-time patterns. We can look at where the driver's actual position is on the route. Okay, you did get delayed in Atlanta. There was a wreck on the, on the interstate, and now you're running an hour late. What do we need to do to help you? And then looking at things like fuel stops, parking stops, rest breaks, all those sorts of things. Again, changing the driver's experience with the home office is giving me more help in this interactive planning of both the trip before it's underway and once it's underway, any troubleshooting that I need to do. Do we need to change your appointment with the shipper? Do we need to do something else that's going to avoid causing you to have, have a late arrival and a service failure? So it's really, again, interactive between the home office and the driver and trying to improve that driver's experience, both with what they got assigned to, and now it's underway. How do we manage it? How do we plan it? Sounds like it's going to increase uh, their efficiency and facilitate uh, their ability to, uh, you know, uh, make their hours of service, uh, you know, better and their, their compliance with that. Here on What the Truck, um, Mark, we are all about trying to make trucking cool again. And uh, one of the ways that I think we're going to be making trucking cool again is by is by making the tech better and better and better, making it real time, making it visible. Um, and just as you're saying, improving the driver's experience. And it sounds like with driver choice and trip management, those, those are going to be, it sounds like kind of game changer-ish uh, mm-hmm. in terms of what we're, is that, would it be too much to say that's going to be a game changer? We believe it is. We believe that this whole dynamic of uh, in, improving driver loyalty. Okay, what do I want to do? I want to attract the best drivers. I want to retain the best drivers. All right. If I've got this thing that, that makes you have greater ownership in how I run your job and how, if you're an owner-operator, how you run your business within my company, used correctly, it's bound to improve the loyalty. Mm. It's bound to make you a more attractive place to work. We're going to help you run your business. And to your point about the technology, both of these new applications for the driver interactive side have been enabled both through the McLeod Driver app Okay, which which most of our customers who do these sorts of things deploy to their drivers on, you know, iOS or Android devices. So it works in the cab or away from the cab. But the tech enabled aspect of this is is part of what's going to make it work. And then the back end uh, constraint based modeling that we do to say, I'm not going to offer you something you can't be successful with in terms of physically making the trip and your hours of service and not hitting your reset and all these other things. So. We view it as just two more of the things that we're trying to do. To It's that bottom line. Let's mm-hmm. improve the driver's experience. Okay, so this release officially came out May 20th uh, yesterday. So we're very excited to be uh, able to reveal this brand new offering that McLeod Software um, has created. And uh, I believe you guys are going to deep dive on it on June 6th. Freight Waves will be hosting a free webinar with McLeod. Yeah, Chad, we're going to come on with you guys on that date uh, and take people through the, the real dynamics and the, the vision we see for how this will be used both for the home office and how the driver's experience is going to change using these new products. Wow, we're really looking forward to that. I know they could probably sign up on FreightWaves.com. Will there be a link on uh, McLeod.com as well? Absolutely. Good times, great stuff. If you are on the tech side of this business, you're really, really starting to get served now. It's a long time coming in this business, I'm sure that you would agree, Mark. Absolutely, and uh, we're, we're very committed to, to giving our customers a competitive advantage. We're going to keep moving the ball forward, and these are two exciting products for us. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to leverage the physical side now, so the data side and the optimization is really where you have to come at these things. There's a gold mine of opportunity and money there for carriers who really get involved with this kind of stuff, saving drivers time, getting them paid more, which will help you with retention. You're going to make more money. And on the shipper side, you're going to offset some of these 25% tariffs and uh, some of this market volatility that's going to happen. You can take control of your supply chain via McLeod. And, and maintain your, your ability to deliver capacity if you're a carrier. I Absolutely. Mean, an unseated truck is not capacity. Uh, a, a truck seated with a, a really good driver is capacity. And if you can't master that fundamental, the rest of it doesn't matter much. Thank you so much, Mark. We're, we're looking forward to that webinar. We'll be there, and we hope you listeners will be too.
Great to have you on. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, guys. Comment section rodeo. From the new and improved FreightWaves.com. Yeah, now with more cowbell. 100%. And more comments, too, right? Yeah. This comments and cowbell. <laughs> yeah, sometimes with our, new, with our new website, we've got this cool comment section. And, uh, and, and some, of, some of these articles, of course, blow up. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, this, this, hemp, this hemp one in Idaho yeah. that Linda Baker wrote mm-hmm. um, blew up. Yeah, so we're just going to focus on that one today. All right, for my first comment. So this, I didn't put this in order of favorite. I put this uh, just in order of, I think, how I was come, coming across them chronologically. This comes from Douglas Austin. He says, and remember, folks, these are not our words or our opinions. These are the words of our dear readers. <laughs> Douglas Austin says, it figures it's Idaho, where the men are men and the sheep are scared. Oh, that's a tough nah, one. That's a, that's a bad, he's got bad things to say oh. about it. <laughs> I don't either. John says, wow, unbelievable. Well, I hope the state of Idaho is proud of themselves. They are hurting themselves because myself and my family live in Utah, pay a lot for out-of-state fishing licenses, won't be doing that anymore. Oh, wow. Oh, he dropped the gavel on them. That prosecutor is, man, well, he's hurting Idaho. Hope he knows. Well, do you know how much an out-of-state fishing license costs? Out-of-state license? Because I was curious, too. I'm like, how, wow, this month, is that really going to hit him in the pockets or what? I, I, $32? You're going to say $32. Well, a combination adult hunting and fishing oh, out-of-state well. license would be 240 Oh! If you just want the fishing, it's $98.25. Damn. If you want a three-year license, it's about $300. If well, you want they've to, got good fish there. They've got a, you could yeah, it makes you, sense. If you want a junior license, it's only twenty one seventy five. But if you think oh, about see, it, so that was close. You got a hundred dollars for dad. You got a hundred dollars for mom. If your mom goes fishing with you, he said his whole family. And if he has a yeah. very large family, I mean, this could really add up. It could be hundreds of dollars. <laughs> I mean, but each person, you know, of every yeah. single family in in right. Utah, in Utah, yeah. They, can you just work? Can you just go fishing in Utah, or is there? It just wouldn't be. Is there the better same. fish? I know. <laughs> Well, I mean, they have Jackson do? Hole. They have, you know, the Yakima River. Anyway, we're totally offending John. John, I don't mean to offend you. We were really curious about the uh, the fishing things. Ooh, well, Alan Rove, he, he writes in, he says, what a load of BS. What they are trying to pull on the drivers. First of all, hemp is not a drug. It's a natural weed plant that would not only... That will not get you high. They are comparing marijuana to hemp. They are in the same family. <laughs> but they are comparing apples to oranges. Marijuana has THC. The hemp plant does not. Okay. I, I trust that he means hemp when he says hemp twice. But, yeah, uh, yeah that's nah, he's making my point for me. Thank you, Alan Damn Ruff. you, autocorrect. James Powell writes... When asked by anyone what you're hauling, you're supposed to say the bill of lading says. Otherwise, it makes you a smuggler Mm. because you said something to the effect of, I'm hauling. Personally, I'm done with trucking because of things like this and a slew of other things. Screw every single company, the DOT and the DOT, and especially FMCSA. They can all shove it where the sun doesn't shine because they're all equally scum and have little more than dog excrement between their ears. Oh, shots fired. Little more. I mean, you know, they might have, you know, something. People were really heated about this story. We had David. He says, all trucks, meef to boycott Idaho. All goods until, and I'm not going to correct the spelling on these because I'm not sure necessarily. These are our comments, right? Yeah. I'm not going to change what our listeners said. It says, David writes, all trucks, meef to boycott Idaho. And that could either be meat or, or need. I'm That's really autocorrect all, not happening. All trucks meef to boycott Idaho. All goods <laughs> until they are released. And charges have been dropped. So I think what he's trying to say is that don't truckers just should avoid Idaho, right? Until yeah. Until um, Meet me halfway. Oh, across the stars. A that's, a great, that's a song from uh, Over the Top. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we'll remember that. Charles Calloway says... I think it's a damn shame how our road kings get kicked in the rear for hauling a product that the country need. The problem is that they are they they are not up to 
It's hard to read some of these. The problem is that they are not up to date being Idaho, where you all see is potatoes rolling down the street. Wake up, Idaho. Wrong crime and no damn glory. Whoa. Is that true? Have you been to Idaho? Yes. I love Boise. It's beautiful. Are there so many potatoes there? They're just like blowing down the street? Like tumbleweeds? (laughs) Like Like potato tumbleweeds? They are. It's where the the potatoes flow like wine. I heard even like the pigs have like curly fries for tails. No! Oh, Tommy Chong! How can we forget? Tommy Chong, I don't know how much verification we do of names on here, and I don't know if it's Tommy Chong of Cheeching Chong... Fame, but you know who better to comment on this? But he says Idaho is as crazy as a bird. Well, that that about sums it up. That about sums it? it up, man. Man, that is you know what a debut of our uh, comments section rodeo. Comments section rodeo. Oh, no yaw. We don't awesome. even get a yaw out of that. Oh, I'm supposed to do that. Well, yeah. it would be nice. Do, do, okay. Yeah! Whoa, that was really loud. Let me back a little further. Guys, get your Sonar demo. We'll have the weekend edition back, right? Go get, go check out your Sonar demo. We'll have On the Radar on that show. Go to FreightWaves.com slash Sonar. You know, Market Waves is coming up, Chad. Market Waves is going to be in November. Tickets are on sale now. Go over to FreightWaves.com slash MarketWaves. You can get your tickets there and reserve them. I think they go up maybe a hundred, a couple hundred bucks each month, right? Yeah, I think now is a great time to you know purchase them, get a, get become a part of the uh, what all the cool kids are doing apparently. And uh, you know we we lo- yeah, I would say right now is the time to get on that uh, that gravy train. I loved the the sections. And by the way, the weekend edition that we just released last week. I mean at the top Friday was was a hit mm. and i like some of our sections we do each of the we do two a week but it's not like it's all the same right no we have different segments and yeah it's on the radar is a really fun one we do fast-paced forecasts uh all kinds of good you stuff. are very jovial about that you love the weather you might like the weather even more than nick austin does well the weather is you know everyone talks about it but no one can do anything about it you know it's just one of those yeah. things you can't predict the weather so the the most the number one elevator conversation the number one thing you say to someone that you you have nothing to say to you talk to them about the weather that's right so what is what must it be like to really be a meteorologist and always talking about the weather I don't know maybe we'll have to dive a little deeper with Nick next time uh, <laughs> you can find us I'm at Timothy Dooner he's at Chad Prevost we're on Twitter we are on LinkedIn not hard to find and I don't know if you guys know this but we have a YouTube channel where you can find Freight Waves Now, you can find all of these sonar videos, you can find the fireside chat with Gary V talking to our own Craig Fuller during that keynote. We can see you introducing that segment, and you can uh, hear my cowbell, I think, at the end of that one. Oh, great. Well, that is awesome. Yeah, thanks for the shout-out. Yeah. Anything else? Anything else? We got internal plugs. How about a Join Us Friday? Of course I do. Join Us Friday for the weekend edition of What the Trump! Now with 100% more cowbell. (laughs) That was great, dude. Yeah, nice. 